Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to guests about their favorite albums. Today we're joined again by my sometimes co-host, Sarah Blumenthal. We talked about Ignite's 2006 album, Our Darkest Days. We also talk about learning world history and becoming radicalized by punk songs. Also about the October Revolution, doing stunts in Jackie Chan movies, and rescuing pelicans. Sarah's band Faye released a new album last year, and her other band, All Right, has some new tracks dropping in a month or so, so stay tuned. You can check out both those at fayeisaband.bandcamp.com and allrightnc.bandcamp.com. Okay, don't forget to check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. Sarah and I, we listen to records we liked a lot when we were younger and revisit them as much older and jaded individuals. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month or more, and you'll get an exclusive episode every week. So if you're digging what we do in these main episodes, then you can get more of that in the Patreon feed and support this little podcast by helping us pay our expenses. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at SpinningOutPod. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. Leave us five stars on Spotify, because these things really help. Okay, let's chat with Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Josh. So. So. We are talking about a record. I'm just going to start right off. Oh, please. Please. Please do. Okay. Just kill the banter. (laughs) Just whatever. Uh, Whatever momentum we have. Just like stop it in its tracks. Yes. Right there. Just stop. I stopped. Okay. So we are talking about Ignite's album, Our Darkest Days from 2006. And I... I guess what I'll ask is, when was the first time you heard this band or this record? Uh, I'd heard this band before this record came out. Um, their album before this one, mm-hmm. I'd heard quite a bit. Pretty familiar. Mm. Um, but this record, uh, it was probably like right when it came out, honestly. Um, Rachel and I were like moving in together, and I think she probably bought it like right when it came out. Yeah. Um, and we were both just like fully obsessed with it. Were you, so how'd you feel about the band before this release? Like you were on board. Yeah, I was on board. And I guess what, so I'm not as familiar with their previous catalog. I guess to kind of set it up before that though, I, I remember you listening to this record a lot, like a lot. Yeah. And, um, I, I guess that makes sense with you and Rachel kind of just listening to it together because that's kind of my recollection. I felt like any time I was around both of you, I was listening to this record in 2006 when it came out. Um, it was it was kind of a unique transition time for me musically. Yeah. So I think that this kind of fit in some with the transition. So I was never, like, mad about it. Like, it was kind of, like, nice feeling at the time because this was on Abacus and but it wasn't metalcore because that's what i was used to coming oh so it was like acceptable because it was like vouched for yeah i needed that. you were like okay i'm allowed to listen to this yeah and so okay so this is their fourth album and it came out may 16th 2006 and what i was asking before is so 
do you feel like they sounded like did they sound like the band they were on this record do you remember i mean this record definitely has like a different sound in my opinion yeah um but like i like like this record is like it for me oh okay do you think that that's how a lot of people feel about this band or uh I think that a lot of people my age probably feel that way about this band. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people older than me do not. Hmm. Yeah. I, that's like a weird thing. I guess like maybe we'll come back to this, but I was just thinking about the like, it feels like I don't really hear that many people talk about Ignite nowadays, which is interesting with how big it felt like this record was and also how big technically they were previously just based on my research like they were signed to tvt records uh which had like a big signing frenzy after like dookie came out and uh oh no you can't just like say that <laughs> green day dookie um but so there were all types of like punkish bands kind of getting signed yeah i mean i guess probably if i was like a more responsible person i would have like listened gone back and li- listened to other stuff you know, before this episode, so I would have had something to actually, like, talk about with a brain, but I didn't, because when I'm listening to Ignite, this is literally all I want to listen to. Like, this is it. Like, I, this is, like, Desert Island album for me. Oh, that high. Yeah, this is, like, top five. Hmm. Ooh, God, it's it's definitely top ten. Okay. Top five, I don't know. It's hard to say. Top 15? It's definitely top ten. Definitely It's definitely top ten. Okay. You can't take more than ten albums with you to a desert island. That's, like... What do you think? Like sometimes happen- they restrict you to five, but sometimes they'll let you have ten. But what are you assuming happened? Is this like Survivor? Or is this like you fell out of an airplane, or did a boat sink, or? Yeah, I fell out of an airplane with. I only had ten CDs with me. Yeah. Which CDs are they? No, you know, it's like oh, if you could only if you were stuck on a desert island, you could only listen to ten albums. I think usually people say one album. Well, some of us don't like to be restricted. Some yeah. of us prefer to have options. Well, so we say if you think albums. about it, you have an album, but you also would have a... Fine, let me put this in a phrase that freaking your Twitter brain will understand. Ten albums to know me. I have never heard that term on uh, Twitter. You've like done that when they, people do like, oh, five movies to know me. Oh, I guess I, I feel like that's more of a Facebook thing, but whatever. It's a social Who's on thing. Facebook? I feel like that's where people were, were doing that. I'm going to pull ago. up right now your tweet where you've literally tweeted those well, words. I don't think that's really conducive to this I'm going to do it right now. Uh, Josh, the listeners want to know. They want to know if you're full of shit. Oh. Well. It's going to take me so long to find I know. That's the thing. You're, we're like. <sighs> All right. So I actually. So while you're looking that up, I was thinking about like what I thought about this record. I remember liking it. But I was kind of afraid to go back to it. And when I put it on the first time, I was actually like in the van driving to Portland. And I kind of like gave a preamble to uh, my coworker Kyle. Like, hey, this might be cringy or embarrassing. And, Josh! You know, because, well, I don't understand. I don't know what kind of context. The audacity! Is. He's a person that listens like Vince Staples and he's like Gen Z. Like, he listens to, like, Jeff Rosenstock also. Yeah, but, like, I think that's sort of, for some reason, that's acceptable for Gen Z. And this feels like this is, like, Jeff Rosenstock to Ignite feel, like, 30 years apart. Even for me. 
whatever. Just this finish feels your, like such a time your story. But I put it on, and I was like, huh, this really, like, holds up in a weird way. And also, I will say... In a weird way. Well, I wasn't expecting Blech. it. Um, and actually, he liked it. He thought it was who, good. Who would not like this? Who? Who? You could take this out anywhere. Everyone. My mom would like this. I don't know about that. I don't, I think... She I, would really like that secret track where he sings in Hungarian. She would like that. I don't think that's him singing. That's like a Whomever. person singing. But, yeah. I think that is him. Oh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, but, so, okay. Potentially with the, like, the acoustic track. That I, I could see anybody listen like wanting yeah. liking that within a certain degree. I think if you're like a punk, I could see having the, his vocals. I mean, he's a great singer. You but should it is, choose your next words wisely. I'm what I'm saying. Once again, I'll repeat myself since you clearly didn't hear me. Is that I like this. What I'm saying is I I don't feel like the style that he sings in. I don't hear anyone doing it, but I don't know if anybody was doing it then either. I mean, no, it's definitely like, a, it's unique. I mean, it is, it sounds like things, but it is still in its own light. Well, it's almost like he's his own person. Well, but he's, it's like, I don't know. Like, also that whole like Southern California kind of punk style. I, it's not like in vogue right now, I don't feel like. I mean... You know, that's, that's like a thing I'm thinking of in like a 2023 context. I'm like, I don't really feel like there's a bunch of people under like 30 <laughs> that are really listening to Ignite. They should be. Well, I mean, that's a different story. That doesn't necessarily matter, but it's, it's sort of just to think that like for as big of a record it was in 2006... I don't feel like I hear even people that I feel like probably liked it at the time frame talking about this record now. I mean, sure. Yes, I agree. But I don't think that anyone now is talking about anything that was big in 2006. Like, that's, no one's talking about what was big in 2006. Like, the people who you're talking about, who you're like, oh, they aren't talking about this that was, like, really big in 2006, they were freaking two years old in 2006. They were like teeny tiny embryos. But they were babies. But Liter in the, literally babies. But in the same sense, like I don't know why. It, it, so if we're saying if someone that was born in fucking two thousand and four, then they had parents that might have been into this. I mean, you're assuming that they had parents. If they're an embryo, we are we talking about zygotes and shit now? Like, what do we? Like, yeah, okay, they could have had parents who were into this. I don't know. It's just like, I don't hear any kid talking about anything from like the, like it stops in the late nineties and then it doesn't like pick up until like 2010. Yeah. That could be true because I feel like I've, I've even like, Hey, younger person, uh, do you like braid frame and canvas? And I feel like it's up until recently, you know, like I feel like a lot of those kids didn't, they were like, who? You know, they're all oh, the band that did a split with balance and composure. Like, like that's all they did. Yeah. So like I see the youths posting it on Twitter and they'll be like listening to braid frame and canvas for the first time. Yeah. LOL. And you're like, fucking shoot me. Just like put me out of my misery. 
Yeah. And my misery is being old. I'm well, old. What's kind of interesting is that kind of weird thing where it's like, I think, I don't really have any way to really truthfully know this, but I feel like a record like this one probably sold more copies than something like Braid Frame, Frame and Canvas. And I mean, yes, and also this record was bigger for me than Braid Frame and Canvas was. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of like apples and oranges. Yeah. Maybe... They're different worlds. Maybe a record like this had more impact, like, globally, and not, like, a band like Braid would probably have... This record did have an impact globally. Yeah. It was, like, very successful, you know, kind of universally. Yeah, I mean, I know that with touring, a lot of times they've gone to, like, South America to go to Europe, probably. It feels like they're in Europe and, like, South America more than they're in the U.S. Like, I mean, seems reasonable to me. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess that kind of goes to, like, the politics of it. I, I'm not sure. It seems to be that that type of sound, like, even if we're including Pennywise, which I know we'll bring up since Zoli kind of, like, crosses over with that, um, feels to be bigger in, like, Europe and things than it is here now. Yeah, I can accept that. Yeah. <laughs> Were you not gonna accept it? <laughs> I, I don't know. We, yeah, I was thinking about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So, with the time frame this came out in 2006, I feel like I was kind of, like, on my journey to, like, find what i was politically you know like i feel like from coming from like really christian conservative parents i wasn't sure <laughs> but i always felt like i leaned left I, I didn't even really know but it was just like certain things you sure. know i would pick up on certain things that i felt like led me down a path and so it makes sense in hindsight so in 2006 i still definitely was like digging more and also i feel like in I guess it actually would have been 2000. I'm trying to think when I started college, but um, so yeah, it was probably I mean, sort of. Around I know we we it's weird that we've been like talking about that recently. Also, like I know recently I was saying like in 2004 it was like my first time voting as an adult, and um, you know similarly I also came from like a more like conservative Christian background, although like not in the same way as you. Um, but like I was like so freshly like out of my parents house like at that point that i like hadn't figured out how to like think for myself yet and i remember being like so like confused mm -hmm. about everything because i was like i feel like i know what i'm supposed to do but i feel like i don't want to do that yeah. um and i think it's funny that you're like oh you're still like digging a lot at this point because i'm like man i feel like once i had been like out of my parents house like once i'd been like living um, you know, in Wilmington for like three months, I was like, I was done. I was like, so like, I got this. Yeah. Like I, I can see it all now. Like, yeah. you know, and that's like, you know, whatever, like teenager brain shit still. But like, I so quickly was like, no, but like, I care about the environment and I care about people and I care about people who can't like fend for themselves and like all this stuff that like very quickly like fell into line for me that when you said that I was like, shit, did this album radicalize me? And then I was like, no, I was already like so on board with all of this by the time this came out, which was like pretty quick. Yeah. Maybe. I think in a way that 
albums, an album like this kind of, I feel like at around 2005, I, I would have, I, at some point, or probably around 2005, I believe when I still lived in Wilmington, I remember I had a conscious thing, and this could have happened later, but I remember a conscious thing of like switching from independent to Democrat on my like voting. When did, I when was, did that happen? I think it was probably around 2006 because I feel like I switched before I moved to Charlotte. Dang, I only did that actually um, like within the last 10 years because I wanted to vote in some like closed primary. I mean, that very well could be the case for me too. Because but... I still like, I feel more independent yeah. than Democrat just because it's like, oh, you can get on one wagon or you can get on the other wagon. They're both kind of bullshit. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, there was, so, okay, so the, my point being, like, I feel like there's certain things that this album discusses that I don't think I, it was either, like, I had heard before or either it was, like, oh. I love that right before we started recording this podcast, you were, like, do you know? the lyrics you're gonna call me out on. i'm gonna call you out that yeah I, i'm like a person i think there's been so I many mean, we've episodes said that so many times you're like you're not really a lyric person which is That's... a hard person to be with an album like this it's I mean, all there well okay sure yeah and i don't know how much you really listen to this really outside of like when i was listening to it i but i feel like i listened to it a ton when okay. you were listening i mean to yes it. Yeah. i mean definitely because i've listened to it like a lot and i'm not trying to be like oh you don't even like ignite like whatever um but if I thought you were listening to an Ignite album, this is probably not the one that I would like assume you like best. I think if I had like you, I didn't really go back. Um, you, oh, no. I mean, you did. Neither but, one of us were prepared. Well, I mean, I was prepared for this album, which is the episode we're doing. But I didn't do like a lot. Of, I, I, mean, I was kind of curious because I was like, I bet people that I know, like I was thinking like Joey, uh, you know, from 6131 that that uh grew up in southern california probably has a different ignite record like it's just i'm maybe. like you yeah. know so I, I was like oh you know i was thinking of that kind of like somebody that maybe grew up during there and from that time frame because i bet people of a certain age like this is a huge band for them you know and absolutely you know but like i guess like back to the point with like kind of political stuff like it I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to track like where I was, but I know it was definitely like heading toward the left, and it just felt like it just over the years it's just gone more and more. Um, but there are certain things like I just picked up on like the turn, you know, just where he says like Halliburton, you know, <laughs> and then I'm like, I mean, it was things that I was aware of because of you know like the being in the middle of like the second, uh, you know, Bush administration. But it was kind of things that was kind of like just reminded me of how things were at that time frame. Yeah. And not like a no effects type because it was like, that was like a different kind of thing where it was like they would make fun of Bush, but it was like not substantial. It'd be like right. you smell like eggs or something, you know, like, wow. but this is like, and that's the but difference this is between like, you and me, Josh. But I mean, but there were certain things like, and then a couple years later, it definitely was getting more into like crust punk and stuff. And they would have songs about, you know, about like, but even still, that's a weird thing. I feel like those bands are viewed as more real, like crust punk bands to like certain punks are like, oh, they're really talk. But a lot of times it'd be like, 
you know, like bands like Born Dead will be talking about just like war for oil kind of still general ideas. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things in Ignite where they're actually like they do a bad religion thing where they're like spelling out an actual thing. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's like I feel it's like, like a specific call out. Yes. And that is like interesting to see because I think there is an element of this band like bad religion where you can gloss over it because everything's so melodic. Like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah. fuck, he's talking about, like, you know, and that's kind of where it's like I needed your help because, yes, I have that sort of, like, block, but I kept checking in and being like, oh, fuck, that is what this song's about. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, that's something that, like, I really love about this album is how, like, intentional everything is and how it's, like, it's not pulling any punches and it's, like, it's, like, scathing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's like, that's like, that is it. Like, that is the vibe. Yeah. You know, like, you can be, like, angry and, like, fuck you and all that. But, like, if you want to be, like, just, like, verbally just, like, scathing that, like, it's just, like, literally, it just cuts. It's, like, brutal. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, more than I tend to do on any of these episodes, I almost feel like we kind of have to go into, like, some of the lyrics of the songs, especially parts because it feels like that's what this whole record is i mean there's discussion of like what the landscape of 2006 was but i feel like we'll like get there so even with just like starting on like our darkest days like what do you feel like that song is about i mean i didn't know i was gonna have to like defend a freaking thesis well i'm making you I, I, that song could be, I don't know. Is that political? Is that about like, just like being in a freaking band? I think like, it, it's like out of any of the songs on the record, it's probably the most general. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, it, I think that it's a really good intro for this album because like there are things like there is stuff on this album about like politics and war. There is stuff about like, you know, like being in a band and just like, the hard parts of like i don't know whatever there's stuff about just like losing people you know like friendship shit yeah there's I even mean, the yeah. kind of this kind of like covers all of that yeah it's like you a, can it's apply a, it to any yeah, of them thesis for the whole album yeah. yeah um so then even like going into with like bleeding there's a there's an interesting thing where he says are you 238 and I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know, like, is that, it's it's interesting. You know, it's like, lead the boys off to war is just to throw them away. Depleted rounds kill RU-238. And... It's uranium. <laughs> that's what's so, it's like, you're just like throwing in. So basically like uh, uranium missiles probably. Because later in the song they talk about like, Halliburton money, wounded troops left to rot, no help from the VA. These troubled times bring on our darkest days. So even at that point, which so even at that point in two thousand and six, I don't know. Maybe it's not uranium, but but it seems fits for our purposes. Yeah, it's uh, so even at this point, we had already been at war for like four or five years. Yeah, you know, with Afghanistan and then moving into Iraq. Yeah. And so that was like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting to kind of like when you look at this record, like how little 
has changed and in a lot of ways how things have gotten worse. I was thinking about that. Um, you know, I was trying to listen to it like more intently than I usually do. Cause I, you know, when you know something really well, it's kind of the same thing as when you're not listening to the lyrics at all. Like it kind of just like rolls through your brain and you don't like digest it in the same way. Um, so I was trying to like think about that more and I thought about that too, that like, it's not that like nothing has changed, but like, I'm, I don't know. Have things gotten worse? I don't know. It's hard to be like, oh, things have gotten so much worse when it's like, I don't know. I was like a lot younger. And so I just don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying as much attention or maybe I didn't understand the gravity of things at the time, but I think things are like a lot worse now than they were in 2006. Yeah. I think in a sense, well, that's a hard thing, too. I want to say that I feel like more people are socially conscious, but I don't know if that's an age thing. Well, either. everything's more in our face yeah. than it was even then. Like, I know, we, like, internet was, like, at play then, but it's just, like, everything is so much more in your face now. Well, that's a thing, too, that I think is really important to remember about, like, bands like this. Where because we didn't have like media in our face all the time, I feel like bands like this, any type of political band, even on a general sense, was where I was. I learned about a lot of stuff like this. Totally. Because like, or at least it was like, wait, what are you talking about? And then I could, I could like go get a library book or something, you know. But like, <laughs> it took a few more steps, and so you're like, wait, what's this about? you know yeah like, definitely yeah. i mean i definitely agree with that like strike anywhere was like big that band for me like really learned about like a lot of stuff yeah socially from that band and i yeah i think that's really important i still think that's really important even though it's all like very in your face because it's like when you feel a connection with something you're more likely to like value the content and so when you're like, oh, I'm like, I like this type of music, but then you hear a band like this and you're like, oh, it doesn't all have to be like tough guy bullshit. Yeah. Like I can be this and also like this other thing. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, I think what's interesting is I feel like a lot of people feel the way about what the lyrics are about, but they don't. I feel like we're not getting as many like political bands nowadays. You know, there's certain like social politic type things that this does cover as well. But it's, it felt like there was like, there were more bands kind of like this and not that they sound exactly like this. Like you mentioned, you know, like strike anywhere. And I'm trying to think of other bands like that, but I know that there were, I feel like there were like a handful of them that were kind of yeah. like teaching me things about, you know, certain things that weren't just like, I'm going to keep mentioning no effects because they did have political songs, but not in this context. Um, but yeah, Strike Anywhere strike anywhere and Ignite, that's like an interesting kind of like two parter kind of thing, like how, where we were kind of getting our news at this, <laughs> this point. I, mean, I don't think you can say getting your news and more like getting your views, but like, I think that, I don't know, maybe now... Maybe because everything is so in your face, like, bands don't feel the need to be, like, that compelling about it. Maybe more, like, mainstream artists are actually saying things now. Yeah. Um, 
maybe I don't. There's a lot of reasons. It could be it's uh, the whole music climate in terms of like creating and putting out music has changed. So like maybe people are doing that, and we're just not seeing it. I mean, I know people are doing that. Yeah. And I think maybe there's like at the time like Rock Against Bush was like such a big thing, right? And now it's more like um like feminism and like LGBTQ issues and stuff like that that's like kind of at the forefront of all of that um and maybe we're all just like really beaten down so much right now that we're not making that kind of music i don't know like we're just like making sad girl music instead i think some of the context like even when you think about like veganism and straight edge like they've kind of been like mainstreamed in a way and like i don't think that's bad i think it sort of takes away the bite of it and i think that you can get like you can like we're basically saying like you can get your news kind of anywhere now so Mm -hmm. you don't need to necessarily get it from ignite i would just like once again to say that they are not delivering the news to you josh (laughs) well it felt like they are not delivering when i was hearing these ideas for (laughs) what might have felt like the first time or really like just like oh reminded me of things like halliburton because i think my first like dalliance into thinking about things like oh the government's lying to me was because of this like one english teacher that kind of like introduced me to like conspiracy theories conspiracy <laughs> theories and and i want i and it's like i think it actually leads back into this because there's certain lyrical content that's interesting now with all these years later but that was the first time where i felt like i was like like i was so there was a point where i was like i think I, i'm like i feel like i'm left-leaning okay you know i was and i was registered independent but then this guy showed me all the stuff that it was like inside 9-11 inside job kind of shit uh-huh. and there was like early alex jones which i know is like a completely different thing but there was a time frame and i've talked about this on the pod and other places where it wasn't necessarily clear where things like alex jones fit in 2006 they were like counterculture things yeah that almost didn't have a left or a right okay sure and so like and it was interesting because it was like that thing you know the you know well you kind of said it but i feel like i i hear like your john josephs of the world and i you know iced tea where they'll be like it's just wings you know two wings of the same shitty bird or something they'll say something like that and that was i prefer the circle (laughs) analogy for that but it's like that's the first time I really thought about it that way. That it was kind of like, oh, you were being lied to by both sides. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that like broke my brain because I think it was like, and I've talked about this in such unserious ways where it's almost like when there was Wilka and there's Sunvolt, I just pick Sunvolt. And, you know, like I, I'm picking, I'm big about picking teams. Yeah. And like that was a time frame where I was like, I don't know what team I'm on. And I just, like, questioned everything. And then what was interesting a few years later, I feel like that defined itself into libertarianism. But there was this interesting time frame where libertarianism wasn't a right-wing thing, per se. Yeah. And it's been co I mean, co-opted. I feel like that was, like, 2006, 2007. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I would say it's been co-opted. I think I would say it's become more clear what it actually is. It's become more defined as its own thing um, and less of like, I feel like it was like a more ethereal concept 
at the time, you were like, well, I'm pretty liberal, but I like guns. And so I'm yeah. libertarian. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was like the thing. People were li- and they were like, oh, I'm left leaning, but I want weed, which I don't know why that became like a big libertarian thing. But but I guess like that was the only party that was kind of picking, yeah. pushing it at that time. And that's kind of then around 2006, probably a little later. That's where everyone kind of became like really Ron Paul, like people that we know. I mean, that, I don't know that I'd say know. everybody. Um, we were hanging out with different groups of people at that time. So maybe this was like true for you. It was not true for me. Yeah. I mean, but kind of like getting back to Ignite though, there's that same, there was that same seed. And once again, like when I'm talking about the loose change or the, any of the Enron documentaries, like those things have kind of gone more right, but also I guess I've gone more left, but with Ignite, like there were, asking these same questions that i had never thought of before and it was like oh shit i don't know what to believe i don't know anything about like hungarian uprising or like communism and and you know in hungary yeah (laughs) and like you know whatever song that is on this this album uh that talks about that i mean a few of them and that's like a big part of like zoli's identity as yeah i mean how could it not be yeah um but it's also interesting, kind of going back to the conspiracy theory thing, is that there's there are points on this record where he says certain things where it's sort of like that. It's interesting that that idea of kind of like, I want to be free has been co-opted as a right wing thing. Yeah, I think that is really interesting. And... It is like a trope that like the right tries to the right uh tries to kind of like tote that idea of like free speech while simultaneously just kind of like shutting everyone down that they don't agree with. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's so on like fear is our tradition, like there's kind of the the kind of there there's lyrics that says like seek the truth or pay the price turn off the box think for yourself yeah and what's interesting i feel like i've heard people say that but i remember remember even just like to be like hippie vans i would say like blow up your tv kind of thing but then like and i also they're like these ideas that were like turn off the news that I almost felt like growing up, I don't know if it was just my parents kind of like my dad specifically kind of being like an ex hippie. Like he would be like, Oh, let's not watch the news. This is so funny that you like consider your dad an ex hippie. Well, he considered himself there. There is a big contingent of hippies that just went right wing. Like, I mean, I know I just like failed to see when he was ever a hippie. I I think people were into the aesthetic of it and not like the lifestyle, but also think the Mm, lifestyle for, a lot of hippies wasn't really left leaning. It was more of like, yes. (laughs) And just kind of like unplugging yourself from culture. And so you didn't really, you were like, so I don't want to get too far off topic, but there was also like a big thing in hippies where they were like aligned with like hell's angels, because I feel like they were just like, we want to be out of society. So all these people that would have had different viewpoints were kind of like just unplugged. And then they had to kind of deal with that years later. Yeah. And so I think like people that like our parents or like, I guess my dad that kind of fancied himself a hippie, which still he would have been a few years after the actual hippie movement. 
didn't really have any real politics until my parents later. were never hippies they were in like civil air patrol <laughs> so yeah well but so they i mean just kind of like thinking of the concept and just kind of thinking about usually people say all oh, things shifted and it did but sometimes i'm like is that just because we were kind of raised in more right-wing homes and where you know overton window is what people say like i don't what do you mean well i guess the thing i would and i don't know if i have an answer to this is this would this still be considered a left an album like a left-leaning album today yeah, i think so because i feel like there's people that have pushed past a point and i guess i'll i'll get into it with uh with let it burn where there's talks about like the hungarian the 1956 revolution that is poverty for all oh, poverty for all um let it burn is actually not a political song but i mean what because they're like communism is bad that's like the vibe yes their vibe is communism is bad because I mean, of what his parents were raised in understandably right so like I don't know. This is like, I feel like it's something that like, I don't, it's not for me to discuss because it's yes. like, you know, it's like, I can't fucking argue with that. Or it's like, I know you have a friend whose dad is Cuban and like, you know, has such like strong opinions on that. And he was like, oh, I could never like say that my dad would like yeah. absolutely like just like squash me, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think that like, I mean, there's, there's, this is not a political podcast <laughs> and I barely know anything about politics. So, you know, maybe my opinions are bad or wrong, but like, I, like communism can't work in this country. It's too big. Like that can't happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that like more of what, what I think more of what the movement is, is like a move towards like social socialism yeah you know yeah. and it's not like like communism is not like the move yeah i think that what's interesting is that because i was kind of thinking i was thinking about like that friend like dad was from cuba and it's like it feels like it would be this similar conversation with zoli yeah. like it's like it's like I all I know is the stories I was told and like the horrors and the you know if you look at you know if you just like simply look up like things about like the that revolution then it led to like thousands and thousands of people being like arrested and you know like killed uh, 26,000 were brought before Hungarian courts two or uh, 22,000 were sentenced and imprisoned 13,000 people interned and 229 executed so yeah. approximately 200,000 people fled Hungary, Hungary as refugees. So yeah. that would have been part of like, his family. Right. And so then it's like, if you just as a person you go, communism to someone like Zoli. Right. I understand. Sure. And also, like, I'm not saying communism to anyone. Yeah. Like, whatever. But also it's like, I can appreciate that that was like terrible. Yeah. Right? And that was like bad. And I can also appreciate that like this is not working. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like I don't think that 
the pendulum has to swing all the way from like super capitalism to communism. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like somewhere in the middle, there is like a better way. Yeah. I think like sometimes I feel like I kind of like when I hear people have views that are definitely like just communist, I'm like, you know, obviously like go right ahead, whatever, believe what you want. But I also feel like the, the country, you know, the U S needs to go further left so then if people push it left like believe in communist things i know we're never gonna get there so i'm kind of happy to hear those ideas because i feel like it will get us further left yes but like you have to like appeal to the greater masses right yeah and so if like i understand what you're saying where like oh well if you like aim for this far away and then you land like you know halfway there then that's great but it's like you're not gonna get everyone on board to even like launch anything yeah you know to try and get there and you have to be more realistic about that i mean it is like it's just kind of back to what we're saying about like zoli it feels like i could never and would never expect to just go into a conversation and be like you don't understand (laughs) communism like i do when like he knows these things basically firsthand you know from you know just being sure yeah (laughs) i mean i would never say to anyone i barely understand communism yeah so so it feels like it's like there is a point with any sort of like social movements where it's like no matter what you believe or even things that i believe i feel like you kind of have to i guess people say touch grass (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) eventually you have to go in a you have to go to a place and talk to other people that don't agree with you and like hold on to what you feel but you also kind of have to like well i think it's like it's more about just like not jumping the gun yeah like you can say it's just the same thing you can say that this is not working without saying that communism is good yeah or like that communism is the right thing or like whatever you know i feel like those are like very far away but like you can apply that to a lot of areas of life you can say that something is not working without having to like say something else is better yeah like it can simply be just like this isn't working (laughs) yeah and i don't want to push this too far into it because it's like i don't feel qualified to really have that conversation if you're not qualified i'm definitely not qualified (laughs) but but it's it's just like because of that song itself i'm like and the things it's another example too of like just the thing it's like the lyrics are just like laying it out like what this was (laughs) You know, it's like just straight up a history lesson of like something that you are not. The majority of history lessons that I retained from my time in college are in that song. Yeah. I mean, it's just like to fight against the tyranny in 56, we fought the occupation, the young and old against the communist regime, the sorrow is so-called liberation. It's so, it's just like everything, the proletariat, now the red bourgeoisie. And what's interesting is reading those lyrics and it's like, when the melody of everything is not going down in the way that i was just reading it it's all just like in the song you're like yeah this rocks yeah it does rock and it's just like you know and it's such an interesting like way the the main point of bringing it up was just that thing of like i feel like now even with like i don't know wikipedia or hearing like a podcast or something like that like you didn't have that in 2006 like you had, like when you heard these songs, Maybe you were the like, "The world was a better place without podcasts, Josh." <laughs> wow, well, <laughs> I don't know if we should say that, um, but 
yeah so i don't know we could we could do that on and on and on i feel like it's what the point being is just like kind of having those snapshots like you said strike anywhere of feeling like these records are like teaching you something which i don't think we get as much anymore but i think we get it from so many other places so i'm not like mad about it i think it's so good i just i like it so much yeah like that way of writing that like way of writing lyrics and like i wish i could do that but i have like one look you know yeah and and it's not that yeah i mean it's interesting like even like i don't know like when i think of like lee baines the way like he writes yeah and just being able to cram stuff in there and i guess like i say oh it doesn't exist but that is lee Lee baines Baines is a great example of that honestly or like downtown boys like i feel like they're a band that just puts like all of these ideas like very into their songs you yeah know? like i mean there i guess there are now that i'm thinking of it, there are like examples that you know like even i feel like you know zeta talks about you absolutely know, things in their songs and yeah you know um or even just their kind of like social ex- experience like growing up and things like, yeah so yeah i mean i guess it does still exist i mean even when you think about a lot of it, it feels a lot more social politic than kind of like telling you an overview of like a history thing like i you know even with like like soul glow i feel like they'll they'll tell things about like their experience with you know with things but or even like war on women i mean there yeah. are bands like that i think that like maybe at the time it was just like it was very at the front you know that whole like I don't know. Maybe it was just us at the time. Maybe it was like the stage of our life we were in. Yeah. That that like felt more, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I you think it's like, well, even when I think of something like the band Drop Dead or when I think about like Earth Crisis, it's like if you were into these ideas and you were like, I have never heard the word vivisection in my life <laughs> and this has led me down a path yeah you know and it's like even with like uh you know drop dead shirts like having like things about animal testing and it was like i didn't know this was a concept when i saw you know drop dead they talked about like you know you you it's hard for you they said it in a different way but essentially it was like you can't really call yourself a punk if you're just supporting like you know a big tobacco companies yeah you know and it's like if you say you're on board with these ideas then you know and it was it's like interesting concepts that are in that type of thing and i don't it it does exist still but i think we're getting we get veganism we get you know the kind of like anti-corporation things from like way more mainstream ways of our lives that i guess too i do miss this because i do miss that ability to distill things directly and kind of tell your audience and i don't I don't see it as much in music. Well, I mean, you are famously not paying attention to the lyrical content. So it could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I guess even the context of the time, like, had you ever, did you ever get to see Ignite? I was trying to remember if, because they did a tour with Comeback Kid. Yeah. <sighs> they toured with Comeback Kid, Strike Anywhere, First Blood, which is kind of interesting given the difference in context uh with honor and pennywise i can't remember huh which is like devastating but huh i feel like you would have i feel like like i I did i feel like i saw that tour but i like can't recall it which is unfortunate yeah 
I should go watch a video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, see if there's any in, like, Columbia or something like Bring that. Bring back. Like, I mean, it would have still been probably, I mean, Charlotte or even Greenville. I mean, Columbia at that time wasn't, like, getting big shows like that unless it was, like, one of the fests that they booked at, like, the VFW. One of the guests on the album, uh, so tying it to my metalcore past, uh-huh. was uh, Brandon Chapetti. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but he did background vocals, and he was the singer in Bleeding Through. Um, he is featured on this album. So uh, if that reminds you of anything. And uh, Alex Grassi does lead guitar on track 11, which is Know Your History, and he's of Quiet Riot. Nice. And uh, so other interesting things about Zoli is we've talked about it on the Pennywise episode. So he eventually went on to be in Pennywise for an album cycle uh, and was their lead singer when their singer left for a little bit of time. And another interesting fact. You're just full of facts. <laughs> did you know that the singer rescues pink or pelicans pelicans yeah wow that's got to be one of the more untrustworthy birds <laughs> you're saying he shouldn't rescue I, no i just like they try to eat everything have you really seen them they'll go up to anything and just like uh and see if they can have it uh the, uh, yeah i don't well okay so yeah i don't i it's noble to rescue a pelican but when i'm thinking about that chicken from yesterday i don't want to <laughs> get anywhere we've established that you really don't like birds i don't really like birds. which is funny i did not know that about you at all um i don't know i mean i think that it's great when anyone is involved in like any sort of like animal rescue yeah truthfully um real talk i think that's great and definitely keep doing that but watch your back because pelicans man they're gonna try and eat you like you're too big for them to eat but they're gonna try yeah so on top of replacing jim from pennywise uh zoli also filled in in misfits for a number of dates uh replacing michael graves we all know how i feel Uh, about the misfits (laughs) well it's also to kind of put that kind of like juxtaposition yes between michael graves and zoli (laughs) like just like two people that couldn't be like so different and how they well i don't know where zoli kind of fits now but based on everything he said and these things i feel like i could tell like where this man lay lies with like views and things yeah um also for some reason like rescuing pelicans feels like he's on the right side of things you know (laughs) i don't know you know i want to hope uh, now the shoe bill rescue wrong side <laughs> uh but did you also know that he's done stunts in jackie chan movies what and he has like a back injury and that's kind of like what has led him out of like not being in bands as much now uh-huh. and it's kind of plagued him throughout his career and i think yeah. is why he left pennywise um and what led to jim coming back is his back injury and i believe it's an injury he's he subs he got on the movie rumble in the bronx but oh, i'm not 100 percent sure on that but it definitely was he was doing stunts on a jackie chan movie that's so there. cool yeah so he's like a guy that has had like 
a life man a life outside of and they're, they're a band that i feel like they they have like decent gaps between their records like it feels like yeah if you're thinking about rescuing pelicans or you're you know being in jackie chan movies um like he is a person that lives outside of it um and he's spoken a lot he speaks hungarian uh fluently which it makes sense with uh you know hungarian being on the records mm-hmm. um and he also has he's been in other movies doing stunts like even as recent as a 2016 movie uh, a sci-fi movie called spectral seems like with a big back injury maybe that's not the best idea but well it might be stunts of a different thing so uh he is a supporter of sea shepherd conservation society oh hell yeah we all are yeah um so yeah so just this kind of interesting dude like i feel like he's always kind of been the face of the band not you know to any discredit of anyone else but it's like it always seems to be the conversation seems to be zoli um yeah which i think is to be fair a discredit to the rest of the band yeah (laughs) because like this like musically this band is really fucking good yeah and it's like i maybe that speaks to like how good the band is as a whole that like that's even able to be overshadowed because this is a good fucking band yeah i mean their ability to kind of be able to you know which i i would give them a lot of credit for too um being able to kind of like let all the stuff like you can stomach the stuff so easily i think is like a big credit for them too because it just i don't know just like goes down super smooth like you can listen to this record with just not even paying attention to any of those things i mean i feel like it you can but you shouldn't josh you shouldn't yes um they did in 2020 he eventually left ignite uh so he's no longer in the band Mm -hmm. and this guy eli santana Mm -hmm. is his replacement and i think he's in he was in this metal band called i think holy roller but i could be wrong there but um so he's no longer at ignite which is sad is he in any bands uh i don't think he is currently but maybe he's just rescuing pelicans it's a full-time job it is um but what i'll ask okay with listening to this and i it doesn't sound like you ever really stopped listening to it or i did didn't um i feel like you kind of mentioned enough that you're a big fan of this band but i, I feel did like I, I... I don't feel like i did mention it <laughs> okay enough. so i'll give you so Going back to this record, do you truthfully, without any bias, think that this held up? <laughs> I do. And I do. you feel like it held up as much as it did back then or like more? Or what do you feel? I mean, I it's hard to like, it's hard to take the nostalgia out of something, but it's equally hard to like compare to the first time you heard it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that kind of all like evens out. Yeah. I think so. I I know we probably have to mention the U two covers. We Sunday, don't bloody Sunday. I will say with the context of the record, and there's certain times where he like mentions like Sunday because I think the Hungarian Revolution like started. So kind of drawing those yeah. parallels with it makes it a really interesting cover. That I think they it feels like they should not be able to land that cover, um, but they landed in my opinion. I think I. I agree. Like, I think this cover is just, like, better than the OG, in my opinion. Um, But also, this song does, like, tie so well into this record that it is, like, crazy that they recorded this to be on the last record. Oh, I And the label said no. Huh. So, I guess TBT. 
said, wow, I didn't know that. And then here it is. Wow. And I mean, I, being which a, I think it, it, I think it works out better. Yeah. Personally. Huh? Well, I think I kind of said it at the beginning. I mean, I was surprised how much this held up for me and it does make me want to like go back and listen to it and like see what their progression was. Cause I feel like if, if I'm guessing or the little bits that I've heard of the early stuff, like it is like faster and kind mm-hmm. of more abrasive and things, but without really knowing, I do feel like this will always be the place I go back to for them. Yeah. And I can't, there's nothing it. wrong with that. Yeah. When it's good, it's good, baby. Welcome back. Thanks again to Sarah for coming on the pod. You can hear her on the main feed every five episodes or so, or you can subscribe to the Patreon and hear us both every week. And again, check out the new album by Faye and keep your eyes peeled for new songs by All Right in a month or two. That's fayisaband.bandcamp.com or allrightnc.bandcamp.com. Next time on the pod, we're talking with Devin Penninger about St. Vincent. So more on that next week. Once again, check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month or more. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at spinningoutpod. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. Leave us five stars on Spotify. Reviews definitely help. Thanks as always to Sarah for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. Okay, see you next week. <laughs>